Not Your Power Couple, Ken and Carol Cook, are not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests or even our listeners. The information contained on this program or website is not medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. We always encourage you to do your own research. Good afternoon, Collin County. This is Ken Cook, and I'm here with my wife, Carol. Hi. And we are not your power couple, and we are here today with another candidate running for um, city council, this time in Plano, and we have Colleen Epstein with us here today. How are you doing, Colleen? Great. How are you guys doing? Well, um, Colleen, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners about yourself, how long you've lived in Plano, um, what do you want people to know about you today? Okay. Well, I've been an active um, member of the Plano community for over 30 years, serving on many professional and volunteer boards that have given me leadership experience and an understanding of the importance of collaboration. I believe that my service on the Plano Board of Adjustment, my frequent attendance at Plano City Council meetings, long hours of research, and familiarity with the issues that affect our city make me an informed and experienced advocate. As a former vice president of leadership and development for the Plano Citizens Coalition, I've already proven my record of servant leadership and responsiveness to community concerns. Because I'm funded 100% by the people and have not accepted any money from developers whose projects are likely to come before the council for a vote, Mm -hmm. many truly grassroots groups have endorsed me. Um, I'm endorsed by the Plano Citizens Coalition PAC, Plano Neighborhood Coalition PAC, the Citizens of Plano Future PAC, and many uh, community leaders. That's great. Well, we're glad you're here today. Um, I'm to ask you this first question. Uh, what is your feeling about uh, high-density multifamily apartments, uh, short-term rentals, and uh, eminent domain in the city of Plano? Well, that's one of the main um, things that I'm trying to make sure that we protect when I get elected. Um, I've already been fighting for these issues for many years, mm-hmm. and um uh, I realized that in order for us to be able to give any real uh, change, we're going to have to have at least a 4-4 on the council. So um, it's really important that I get elected along with Shelby Williams so mm-hmm. that we can um, collaborate with Anthony Riccadelli and Rick Smith to continue the the changes that they started while Lily Bow was the fourth person. We lost Lily Bow in 2021. That's right. So we really need to get that 4-4 back again. Um, so protecting... Um, Property rights is is the main reason I got involved in this fight. Um, Our high-density housing that keeps getting approved all over the city, and it's not just Plano, it's happening in all the cities, is really destroying the uh, suburban community feel that we came here for. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty obvious that developers make a ton of money off of these developments, and that's why it keeps getting approved over and over again. And I say that uh, developers don't buy candidates, they buy elections, meaning they don't find a candidate and fund them and and pay them off or anything like that. What they do is they find candidates that believe the way they believe Mm -hmm. and back them. So I say they buy elections, not candidates. So that, that keeps happening over and over again. And, um, um, now we have a new issue, and that's short-term rentals. Short-term rentals are something that uh, when our uh, Plano code 
of zoning was written, they they had no idea. I mean, it was written so long ago that short-term rentals weren't a thing. But bed, bed and breakfasts were a thing, and it, they're specifically not allowed in our zoning code. Uh, hotels are not allowed in residential areas in our zoning code. And boarding houses are not allowed in our zoning code. So if you take a look at the um, short-term rentals, it's very clear that our zoning code would, if they had been around, would not have allowed for them. And specifically in Article 14 of our zoning code, it says that if something is not listed, uh, it says land and buildings in each of the residential zoning districts may be used for any of the uses identified as allowed in the following use table, but no land shall hereafter be used and no building or structure shall hereafter be erected, altered, or converted, which is arranged or designed or used for other than those specified for the district in which it is located. So there's a table of things that are allowed in a residential area and <clears throat> those things that are not listed on the table, according to this uh, clause right here, it says are just simply not allowed. And it even clearly spells out that board and um, bed and breakfasts, boarding houses, and hotels are not allowed, mm -hmm. and um, you know puts a P, which means prohibited, next to those. So the fact that this one isn't even on there, but it follows the same spirit of the law, which is lodging for pay. Right. Um, it's clear that they're not allowed right now. But, gotcha. but But they've been flying under the radar, and now they've become a big problem. And um, it, it, the real issue is, what is our uh, city council going to do? Are they going to take a chance on uh, possibly being sued by one of these platforms? And I believe that we should, because that's what we are there for. <clears throat> that's what our tax dollars. <clears throat> Excuse me. No problem. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what our tax dollars are there for, is to defend us in legal suits when, um, when, it, when it means defending the neighborhood. And certainly our city council had no problem using $600,000 of taxpayer-funded um, money for um, the lawyers that fought the Plano Tomorrow Plan, that, which was an initiative. The Plano Tomorrow Plan lawsuit was an initiative that the citizens got together and created a petition. And the city tried to fight that in court, and we eventually won after five years, but they spent $600,000. They were not afraid to use our tax money then. Right. So I say, you know, let's go ahead and protect the citizens. And if we, that means a lawsuit, it means a lawsuit. I gotcha. <coughs> All right. So let's go on to the next fun topic. Yeah. Taxes. Dun, dun, dun. Um, tell us what your plan is to continue to provide tax relief to the citizens of Plano. So in 2019, when we had the 4-4 uh, power on the, on the city council, we were able to enact the uh, no new revenues or, no, or effective tax rate. And with that, we were able to keep our city services at the excellent service uh, level that they are. Um, we had COVID um, in the middle of that, and that kind of helped and hurt at the same time because we got a lot of money from the government. Um, and so now, but we've had uh, inflation, um, big inflation. And so it, I, all I can say is that we will do the very best that we can to keep taxes low. The inflation <clears throat> that we have is going to cost cause a cost for cement and all kinds of construction costs to rise. Um, so it looks like we're going to be able to do it at least one more year. 
but I, I just can't make any campaign promises. All I can promise you is that I will do the very best to be um, financially frugal while at the same time keeping us a city of excellence. Excellent. Excellent. Fair, fair enough. Yep. Um, so I've heard you talk about how important transparency in government is, and we obviously agree. Um, talk about the loopholes you see that you mentioned in the 2020 ethics reform and how you would work to close those. Okay. So in 2020, Lily Bow and um, Rick Smith together proposed an ordinance, and it was debated for several months. And finally, in December of 2020, it was passed. This ordinance is... Uh, it's called the ethics ordinance, but what it does <clears throat> is it causes an automatic recusal of any council member who took more than $1,000 in campaign donations from any entity that's coming before the city council with a financial interest. Interesting. There's a couple of loopholes, though. Uh, one is that if all four, if, if, if more than um, what's needed for a quorum has taken the money and it would cause the... Um, vote to not be allowed because there's no quorum that is allowed to vote on it, then it's almost as if it never happened. So all you have to do is make sure you give donations to four people and then you, there's a loophole. Wow. It's like, yeah, it's as if it never happened. So I would close that up. I think uh, developers should know from the outset that when they give, and this is from election to election. So right. if they gave it, <clears throat> they gave money in the last election, <clears throat> excuse me, if they gave money in the last election, it won't matter for this election. It starts from election to election. And if they give money and then their development comes before them and they've given it to four candidates or more, and they, that means that their um, project will not be voted on, they know that from the outset and they'll just not give the money. So that's one loophole I'd like to close up. The other is PACs. They can give money to PACs right now. And again, there's nothing we can do legally to stop them from giving a certain amount to PACs. They can do that legally, but what we can say is now that will force a recusal of the of the candidate who received money from the PAC of the person who had contributed to the PAC and that has a financial interest before the board. Gotcha. So, and then the other last thing I'd like to do is I'd like to lower the amount from $1,000 to $250 because it makes it very difficult for the common, good-hearted servant of the people who wants to run and represent their, the people to do that when you've got so much massive money um, pushing campaign flyers out to unsuspecting voters, making whatever claims they want. It makes it very difficult for the, the honorable candidates to refute those claims. Gotcha. So. All right. All right. We will move on to the next subject, which is public safety concerns. What do you think are the greatest public safety concerns that the citizens of Plano face? Uh, I think it right now, so, so we have a fantastic uh, police force, and we, they are well-funded and well-taken care of, and they have good leadership. I think the biggest thing that we face as a city is um, the increase in crime that's brought about due to high density, and that's not a slam on any one um, group who lives in apartments. That's simply when you increase the numbers, when you increase the population, and you increase density, people living close together— um, it increases crime. It also makes it harder for the police to address the crime in the in the scenario. It's it's you know apartment buildings are like one of the un, most unsafe locations because you know they encounter someone and then what do they do? They can't just start shooting because there's so many 
you know, apartments right there around their kids mm-hmm. and everything. It's just, it's a really bad situation for them to be put in. Right. They have to respond to some kind of a violent situation, right? Right. In fact, I, I was told, uh, we just had a candidate briefing this last weekend by the police uh, force, and they were showing us on a map where their forces are deployed and an inordinate amount of forces was deployed in the West Plano legacy um, apartment complex area. And that's a very Mm -hmm. nice, uh, we talk about not, you know, singling out any demographic when I talk about apartments, that's a very expensive apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And yet a very inordinate amount of people was deployed there. And I asked why, and they said, well, you know, it's a mixed use development, which means there's a lot of bars there's right. a lot of fighting, you know, a lot of a lot of nighttime problems. So that you know, that again, that high density is making it really hard on our uh, first responders. Another thing is short-term rentals. Short-term rentals, um, you have to practically wait until a crime happens before they can do anything about it. Mm. And so you've got weekend after weekend, you've got poor neighbors who are having to endure parties and brothels and shootings recently. And in fact, the shooting that happened a couple of weeks ago, the police were called at that party and they came out that, you know, told them to be quiet. There was really nothing they could do about it until they break the law. And then lo and behold, that same evening at that same location, gunshot, there was like over 30 shots fired. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's just a really bad situation for our law enforcement to have to be, you know, they're not, they're not getting extra money to be paid uh, security guards at these um, bed and breakfasts. So, again, the platforms are making their money. They don't care what it does to the community, and we, the taxpayers, have to pay, take the tab. Okay, well, Colleen, thank you so much for coming today and talking to us about uh, the issues that you see in Plano and how you want to help to Uh, as a city councilman, change them and and make Plano the great city that it is and continue to keep it great. Um, At this point, you want to share some info on uh, your social media and your uh, campaign website and everything so people know where to reach out to you. Sure. Thank you. Yes. All of my policies can be found on my website, which is ColleenForPlano.com. You can uh, reach me by email at ColleenForPlano at Hotmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at Colleen Aguilar Epstein for Plano and Twitter at twitter.com Colleen for Plano. Well, thank you, Colleen, for coming out. And uh, we just want to remind everybody that you're running for Plano City Council, place three. And we encourage everybody to go to your social media sites and learn as much as they can about you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me this time. All right. This is it for another episode of Not Your Power Couple. We'll see you all next time. 